prophecy all in this room. Mm. James 4, verse number 6, declares these words. But he giveth more grace. Everybody say more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Say he gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. I want to I wanna just, just highlight that verse number six. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. And uh, we, we were dealing with on Tuesday night the destructive nature of pride. Can you say that? The destructive nature of pride. We talked about how pride is a monster, it's costly. It causes you to always end in, to lose in the end. We talked about that, that no one comes out humble out of their mama's womb. But they come out with some pride in them. We also talked on Tuesday night about what pride looked like in the life of Pharaoh, in the life of Goliath. We talked about what it looked like in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. We talked about what it looked like in the, in the life of a Pharisee. We talked about all these things. Then we talked about how pride is a destroyer. Say pride is a destroyer talked about how it causes you to overestimate yourself calculate yourself at a higher level than what you really are thinking of yourself more highly the bible says than you ought to we talked about how pride is an elevation of oneself and then we we, we left there and started talking about uh, how pride destroys our relationships with other people when a, when, when a person is very proud, it causes their relationship with people to be strained because pride never wants to take down. Pride never apologizes. Oh, Lord. And pride, pride has a hard time accepting truth. All right? So after that, we, we talked about, we talked about, we started talking about the signs of pride. The signs of pride. The first one we gave you was that, uh, is that everything is personal. So a person has pride everything that they go through, everything that happens, it, they, they look at it through a personal lens. Said that when pride enters an individual, everything becomes about them, themselves. So a person who is struggling with pride does not come into a, a, a church setting or a community setting and fit in. The reason is because they only think about their needs, their wants, their mindset. They only think about what they have need of and it's hard for them to, 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 to sense anything else other than what, what's going on with them. Second thing we talked about pride and said was that pride, uh, uh, the, sign, the second sign of pride was fault finding. You remember that? We said fault finding. Any person who always is looking for something, they're always looking into things and saying, oh, that's wrong, or that's wrong, or this is wrong with her, and I came to that church and this was wrong, and the ushers didn't, didn't seat me right, and the greed is outside, and the people that was helping me park my car, and, and it's always a problem with everything. They find fault in the job. They find fault in the house. They find fault everywhere they go. There's a fault somewhere. They can't go out and eat dinner without finding fault with the waiter. Every, I mean, every time. I mean, there's got to be one time the food is right. Okay. All right. 
Then, then we, we moved from there and talked about that, uh, that uh, another sign of pride is when a person is ignorant of other people's needs. Remember we talked about that on Tuesday night? How, the, uh, how if somebody else has a need, you may not, God may not be calling you to necessarily financially meet everybody's need. Because you can get worn out meeting people's needs. Amen, somebody, for all the givers in the house. You know, you have a heart for everybody. Oh, my God, they just have needs. I'm going to help them. And, and the, the fight of the enemy with that is, is that when you, when you become the meter of needs and you don't pray, then what happens is the enemy fights you when you get down to your last because 10 times out of 10, you won't be able to find nobody to help meet yours. So this is why the Bible says acknowledge God in all your ways. He'll direct your paths. Because there's sometimes when, when you are trying to meet a need, you're getting in the way of what God is really trying to do in the life of somebody. They might be robbing God. They might, they might have been disobedient with their own finances. But because your human heart doesn't listen to the, your heavenly spirit, then what happens is you now come in and become Jehovah Jireh to somebody, the provider, and they start looking at you. So anytime they have a need, they don't go to God. They, they call you. They text you. They want to let you know how bad it is for them because they're expecting you to continue what you started. But when God prompts something, God will say, bless this person, and that will be the end of it. You don't come to me every week because I bless you one time and looking for a handout every week. Get a job. Okay, we're good. That moved quick. All right. So, so uh, that's where we were. Now, tonight, or to today, let's move a little forward uh, in, in this. Another sign of pride is uh, people who are addicted to attention. Let's kind of run with this for a little bit. People who are addicted to attention. P say this with me. Pride, pride. demands pride. attention. Pride. Say it again. Pride demands attention. Pride. A person who is proud cannot just sit in the cut and be okay. A proud person always has to be at the center of everything, the center of the joke, the center of the conversation, the center of the praise, the center of everything. It has to be all about them because pride demands attention. And when, and when pride does not get attention, then, then pride gets bigger to try to get more attention. A lot of times the reason why pride demands attention is because of, that, of, 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 of what we talked about earlier, a person's own calculation of themselves. When a person believes that they're important, then they believe they, they are the authority on everything. Just because you know how to pray don't mean you're the authority on prayer. Because there's somebody that knows more than you. Just because you know a little bit about the money market does not make you the only person that we could talk to about money market. But when a person is proud, they don't want you going to nobody else but them because it gives them the attention to hold an audience. Oh, Lord. Next one. The next side of pride. We're going to get into a couple more things today. The next side of pride is the refusal to submit to authority. The refusal to submit to authority. I know a lot of y'all got a hard time with this one. Because when we say submit and when we say authority, those two words in a sentence cause people to have red flags go up. But the reason is because somewhere you abused. We don't, have a hard, we don't have a hard time when we, when, when, whenever we talk about submitting to the police department, which is an authority. We don't have a hard time submitting to, to the laws of the land. You have, you have 84 kilos of cocaine in your house, then guess where you're going? <laughs> to jail and probably hell. Okay, so, so because of that, 
So because of that, what do you do? You submit. This is why people who have drug issues and drug problems go to rehab. They really need to come to the altar. We could cast that demon out. But and then you can give us the money you gave to rehab, and we can be blessed and buy more lights and stuff for the stage. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, telling the truth. Anyway, um, but see, the, the issue is, the issue is most people, when it comes to submitting, when, it come, when we hear that word submit, what we think is somebody's going to beat me over the head and tell me how worthless I am and that they're above me. And that I, that's what a lot of people think when they think submission, if they have been in an abusive, uh, in a place where a power has been abused. Submission is nothing more than being in compliance with those that are over you. So, I, so anybody here that works a job and has a manager? Amen. Let me see the hands. Anybody here that has a manager? You submit to your manager. If the manager says, we need to have this done by this date, guess what you're doing? You're doing the work by that date. You, you, and, and this is not your attitude. Listen, I'll do the work when I want to do it because you ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm a grown man. You'll be a grown homeless man or a grown jobless man. Why? Because you have not submitted to the authority over you. All right, okay. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, this also has to do with, now, now let, me, let me jump into this side of this. This also has to do with uh, refusing to honor those that have rule over you in ministry and those who are older than you in age. Oh, Lord, refusing to submit to authority. This has to do with those in ministry, those who have, who have the rule over you, pastors, leaders, those who have been given the authority to help to lead and guide you in the truth. And it has to do with those who are, who are older and younger. I, you know, people have a hard time submitting and have come to this church and have, a, have had a hard time submitting to me as a pastor because they're older than me. Well, in the spirit, there is no age. There is no age. Oh, Lord. Bible says in the spirit, there's neither male nor female either. Oh, Lord God. This is why a woman can preach the gospel just like a man can preach. Y'all going to be quiet on me today. Y'all quiet up in this Methodist church. Y'all, oh, it's all right. See, see, it's okay. See, because God does not look at gender like we look at gender. God is looking for, watch this, how submitted you can be to his power, his presence, and his will. And so, and so, uh, um, as it pertains to those that are older than you, although I may pastor people who are older than me, I still have a reverence for their age. I, I'm a stickler. I'm a, I teach my kids, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. If there's somebody that's older than you, you better say yes, ma'am. I know some of y'all are like, oh, no, that's so... No, it does something for you. It keeps you in a humble place. If somebody's older than you, then you submit yourself to their age. Now, if they're old and dumb, you still have to, you watch this, you still submit it to the point of they're older than you. There's still a level of respect. Be quiet. I was telling the overseer, I'm going to do in 2018 an uh, etiquette night. I'm going to teach manners and etiquette for this house because there's something about, there's something about people who are saved and nasty. Something about people who are saving ass and they have no etiquette. If someone's older than you, then, then, then you, you must, even if they're wrong and off, there's a way you can disagree with someone who's older than you, even if they're saying something wrong. 
I might not comply with what you're saying, but I can still respect the fact that you're older than me. So I ain't going to cuss you out. I'm not going to push you out the way. I wouldn't dare put my hands on nobody. Oh, I wouldn't put my hands on nobody. But you know how sometimes when, when, uh, when, 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 when young, younger people, and especially these days, they have this entitlement feeling like I can do what I want. I can say what I want. I don't care that you're older. You're an elder. It used to, it used to be a time when in, in our community that an elder, someone who was older, someone who had more wisdom, someone who, we, who, who, who was like that, we listened to. We would come and ask them questions. How do I handle this? How do I deal with this kind of situation? What do I do? They would offer it. Now they don't even offer it because this generation don't want to hear it. We got Google. We got Wiki, Wikipedia and all this stuff. You know, and, 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 and sometimes the, the biggest downfall is when, you can, is, is when you can't hear from a person how they messed up. You want to know why? You want to know why I was spared a lot of hardship in life? Because I asked people who were older than me questions. What did you do when this happened? Your marriage broke up. How, how did that happen? Explain it to me. I don't want to go through that when I get married. I was asking those questions before I got married. I was asking people who were married for a long time, what's the secret? How do you stay married? What do you do when you argue? Because you're going to argue. How do you have a fight and, and still sleep in the same bed with each other? I was asking these questions because I wanted to know. I respected those who were older than me. This generation just, is, just wants to wander and catch it as we go. It's pride. Which leads us to the next <laughs> the next uh, area and sign of pride, which is the inability to see an opposing viewpoint. The inability to see an opposing viewpoint. The inability to see an opposing viewpoint. Isn't it something, if somebody doesn't believe what you believe or like what you like, how quick we are to call them a devil instead of hearing what the opposing view is, so that we can shine light and truth on what the opposing viewpoint is. Ain't it quick? Is it something how people are quick to call people devils? You ain't nothing but a devil. You just got the devil all in you. But you don't understand. They might be operating in a level of, 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 of just ignorance that, that, that your wisdom can help pull them out of. We never, we never think that far because the moment somebody opposes what you view as truth, we just shut down and be like, you devil, get out of my face. I don't want to hear you. This conversation is over. Most people who act like that don't have enough truth in themselves to substantiate what they say they believe. Because if you really knew the truth and could stand on the truth, you could listen to a lie and be able to dissect it while they're talking. And let them get it all out and just say, are you finished? Now, can I offer some light on this? Because you already know they got pride. But it's hard, to, it's hard to even help somebody else understand where they're wrong at if the moment they oppose you, you want to you just condemn them. You, you, that's it. That's why most people who are in church don't have enough of the word to win somebody who has a wrong theology. The black Hebrews. Come on, talk to y'all. Come on here. The Muslims. The Jehovah's Witness. Next year, I really want to start something and do it like maybe on like a Friday and a Saturday night where we sit down and really go through the word and learn what it is and, and how, we can really, how, how we can really have really theological debates and sit down with people who are hungry for truth. Not just a debate for the sake of debating, but people who really are, 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 are honest but say, but if you can show me a different way. 
See, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you and, and you don't really want to change. But if, but if you open to hearing a truth from another side, I got enough word and scripture to back it up and then I can help you to understand where there's fallacy in what you believe. Most people who have pride, they don't want to hear an opposing viewpoint. If, if you think you're right about something, then if somebody else feels a ways about what you, what you think is right, it's not just in church, I'm talking about in general. You know what? I just feel like, you know, this ain't working out. And the other person, well, I, I disagree. Well, see, that's the problem right there. You don't ever, see, the issue is there's no ability to hear. Now, how do I, how do I deal with that? You have to be slow to speak and you have to be quick to hear. Say slow to speak, quick to hear. Say it again, slow to speak, quick to hear. Say it again, I must be slow to speak, quick to hear. The issue is that most, most people, when it, when, it, when it comes to hearing an, an opposing viewpoint, what we don't do is stay silent long enough for the Holy Ghost to give us wisdom on how to combat, combat stuff. Because let me tell you something. You want to know when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you wisdom? When you stop trying to argue with other people. He, the Holy, Holy Spirit talks in a still, small voice. Now, do you think a still, small voice that's talking to you like this, that's not it. That's not it. Can talk over this. I don't care what you say about your mama. Guess what? You're going to miss that voice. And then when you realize you were wrong, that pride is going to rise up in you. And you're going to be like, I know I was wrong. But inside of yourself, I know I was wrong. But you're never going to go back and want to correct that. Oh, Lord. All right, let me give you one more. How do you know a person has pride? Because uh, they live with the absence of sacrifice. A proud person never wants to sacrifice anything. They don't want to sacrifice their time. Oh, Jesus. They don't want to, they don't want to sacrifice their talents. They don't want to sacrifice in a relationship. I had somebody one time tell me, I don't want to be in a relationship. I said, why? You ever feel alone like you want to be with somebody? Yeah, I do, but I don't want to, I don't want to give somebody that much power. I said, no, I, I don't think that's the problem. I think the issue is that you don't want to sacrifice you to be in a relationship with anybody else. You love you too much. That is the overcalculation of yourself. I'm too pretty. I'm too much. I have, too, I have too much at stake to mess it up with somebody. You believe it or not, there's some people who are single right now, not because they can't find nobody, but because they feel like to be in a relationship with somebody is going to mess up their self-worth. All right. Sacrifice means that you have to give up something of you that you hold near and dear. And in a relationship, that's your heart. Oh, Lord, that's your time. I'm trying to make these hours. I'm trying to make this work. I'm trying to make this money. Don't fall for, don't, can I just say this? Don't fall for this, uh, sisters, don't fall for this. I'm trying to build a better life for us. Then I'm going to get, then we're going to get together and get married. No, because that's wrong. Because the truth of the matter is that if he can't build it with you, then it ain't worth building. We're quiet in this sanctified church. That's, 
you know, a lot of that is pride because men think that our value and worth is in what we bring to the table. In finances, in how big your ring is. Come on here. Oh, Lord. Oh, okay. I was listening to Steve Harvey one day in the morning, and um, there was a lady on there that was on the strawberry letters talking about uh, that her, her man had bought her this ring, and the ring was extra small, and uh, she, she wanted to try to tell him some kind of way that she wanted a bigger ring. And uh, I just turned it off because... Uh, no, no, because the issue, the issue is, she said the reason why she wanted, to, she wanted a different ring was because she felt embarrassed going around her girlfriends when they said, let us see the ring, and she showed the ring. They laughed at her. See, the, it, oh God, the issue is not about the ring. The issue is about you're a people pleaser. Because let me say this, somebody's always going to have something to say about every decision you make. And let me say this, the people that got something to say about relationships are the ones that don't have good ones themselves. Or wishing they had somebody. So they're like, listen, he could have done better than that. Well, what did your man do? He did the best he could with what he had. The man said, in, 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 in that whole letter, the man said that he had a, uh, um, it, you know, from, from a previous relationship, he had two children. He was paying child support, never laid on his child support. He has his own place. He owns his own business. He's paying workers out, and he couldn't have, this is what he could afford. This was at the top of what he could afford, and he got a half a carrot, and she said she wanted two and a half carrots or more. I said, wait a minute. You with the wrong man. You with the wrong life. Two carrots are going to cost you 6000 at least starting out at Okay, that's what, hold on. Okay, I'm, I'm going off into something else. All right. Sacrifice, what are we talking about here, Lord Jesus? Okay, watch. How do I know that, I, that I'm with the right person? How do I know that relationship for me is meaningful? Is the person I'm with willing to sacrifice at any time for anything I desire? Do you get more no's when you ask for stuff? So you, start, you stop asking? If that's the case, you were a selfish person. Be quiet tonight. Okay, it's, uh, it's, all right, it's all right. There is nothing that is within my power. This woman here could say at five in the morning, and there's been times where she's been pregnant, things, I just want some salted caramel ice cream and some, some peanuts, and I want, some, some, I, want some, I want a candy apple, and I want some, I want some you know, just, just crazy. I want a funnel cake. Let me tell you something. I went and found salted apple caramel. I, I got up at five in the morning. I got, I've been up at three. I've been up at two. And watch, when she ain't pregnant, she says, you know what? I just want some ice cream. I'm putting pants on while she's talking. You want to know why? Because I don't mind the sacrifice because I've been free from pride. Pride says it's cold outside. Don't you know it's snow, there's ice outside there? When you're really in love, we call it doing dumb things, but truly, truthfully, what you're doing is you are getting free from pride. What happens is after you get them. Pride creeps in because you didn't got the baddest girl. You got the dude now. You got him. Y'all doing great things. Now all of that that you had to do to get them, you stop doing. Okay, okay, I'm going to get off that. I'm going to get off that. 
You need to demand after you get married. You, you have to keep doing what you've been doing because this was a part of the attraction ticket. Now that the movie's playing, don't try to change the film. Okay, okay, forget it. Let's hold another day. All right. Let me say this. Anybody that's, that's, that's about to go on a relationship or you're starting a relationship, whatever you start doing, plan on keep doing. Don't start out being all nice and then you turn into a monster. Don't be all willing to go to the store for me. And we ain't, we, you know, we're not, we're not living together nothing, but you're willing to, you're willing to leave your apartment, go and buy me some, some you know, trail mix. Bring it to my apartment. Kiss me goodnight. Talk to me the whole way home. Then after we get engaged, you're like, hey, I can't talk right now. I'm tired. Click. Wait, hold on. Something happening here. Something going on. Oh, you get married. And all of a sudden, you get new. See, you got to demand what you've been doing, ma'am or sir. So you got to tell people from the beginning, you're starting something. You're going to have to continue. You're pampering me. I'm going to need to be pampered for the next 85, 90 years. Don't, come on here. Y'all quiet tonight. Don't start something and then, and then halfway through talking about I'm tired. No, you better get a second wind from the Holy Ghost. You started this thing here. See, the issue is, see, see, the issue is I make it hard for her to ever look at anybody else and say, oh, he's cute. Oh, I need somebody else. There will never be a day. I make it very difficult. You will not look at another man and be like, you know what? He getting on my nerves because I ain't going to get on your nerves. And if I do get on your nerves, we're going to get this right today, right now, in this very minute. The moment that I know it was, a, it was a nerve problem. When I knew it was a nerve problem, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty because guess what? I'm keeping what I got secure. Y'all going to talk to me. Okay, okay, forget it. Forget it. Okay. So the next one, I, we'll say that for relationship night. Somebody say, I got to secure what I got. Ain't got no time for no thieves and robbers. Come on here. All right. The next one. Ref refusing. Now, this is going to be a big one for some of you. Refusing to say I'm sorry is another side of pride. When is the last time, and don't answer out loud because you're going to be in pride. When's the last time that you honestly messed up or on purpose messed up and went back to the person now, I'm not talking about the little text message. Just want to just say to you, you know, I see the error of my ways. That ain't no apology. When's the last time you messed up and went back to the people you messed up to, you lied to, you did whatever to, looked them in the eyes and meaningfully said, I'm sorry. A lot of people don't do that. They be asking, you ask God to forgive you, but you don't ask people to do nothing. And now, let me say this. It's not enough just to say, I'm sorry. This is what I teach my kids. You have to say what you're sorry for. You know, people who, people who have pride will say, I'm sorry, but they don't want to get into what they did wrong. Oh, Hallelujah. You're going to have to get, sometimes, sometimes the I'm sorry means nothing unless we can rectify what you did. 
Because anybody keeps saying, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. What did you do? I cheated because you kept saying you didn't. I'm sorry. What did you do? I lied because you kept saying you didn't. See, when you, when you say I'm sorry and put the reason why you're sorry behind any, in any relationship, it's going to humble you. It's going to cause you to own up and fess up to what you kept saying you didn't do. And guess what? You're going to stay out of that because you, so guess what? You're going to tell the truth next time. And for some people, telling the truth for them is pride because they don't want to be, oh God. Cause, cause, okay, that's a whole other thing. Sometimes people who tell the truth are in pride because they just don't want to be found out. I refuse to apologize to anybody. The motive is wrong. The motive is proud. The inability to, apology, to apologize can appear for two reasons. First, a prideful person may not be able to see that they're wrong. A person who's proud most times can't even, you can, you can tell them, you can try to convince them, but a proud person who is blinded by pride will never be able to see their wrongdoing. And when you said these words, that's disrespectful. No, it ain't. How are you going to tell me it's disrespectful? Who would say this to this person? Who would say this to their wife? Who would say this to their own father? Who would talk like this to a pastor? And, and that, you know, and when you, 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 you want to know what that person's going to do? I don't, I, you know, I disagree. I disagree with that. Because in their own eyes, they're justified for how they act. All of us have been there before. Been justified. You thought you was right about something and you just held on to that thing. And then later on, you realize, dang, I was wrong. I was wrong. Now, when you found out you was wrong, did you go back and say, you know what, guys? This was like a couple of months ago. But you know what? I, I was totally wrong in that, in that conversation we had, and I, was, I just thought I was right. The light has come, and pride has, has gone down some, and I see the error of my ways. I want to apologize. See, I can trust folks like that. The people I can't trust is when you bring it back up again, and they were like, yeah, I know I was wrong, and they just walk away with that. So you, something, something happened in you. God brought some kind of deliverance. Oh, there's going to be a lot of apologies happening all around here. <laughs> I just felt that in the Holy Ghost. There's going to be a lot of apologies happening. See, the more, the more we start, because all we've been doing for the last couple weeks is chipping away at this, this big monster. We haven't even gotten to the real depth of this thing. We're just chipping away at the outer surfaces of this thing. If, we, if I went all the way into to the, to the root of pride and all this stuff, if we started there, then guess what? Y'all wouldn't receive another word because your pride would just spring up. You'd be like this. Sitting there like the church of the zombies. No amens, no smiles, no amen, bishop. Preach it, preach it, none of that. It just be this. So what we got to do is we, we got to chip away at, at it a little at a time. See, there's wisdom in even how you deliver word on pride. I just can't come to Leviathan because some of y'all be like, what? <laughs> so a person... <laughs> So watch, the words I'm sorry, everybody just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And if you can't say that, then you got a lot of pride. This is just a hypothetical I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Most people, <laughs> most people who can, who, and now watch this, most people who, who can say I'm sorry and have pride 
Because I know I heard, I heard a couple of you. I can say I'm sorry, but you don't mean it because it's, it's always followed by, but you. I'm sorry, but you. Last time, you remember that time? And it's always followed with something. A proud person can never just let it go with the I'm sorry and the explanation. There has to be a whole paragraph more about the other person because it has to be, I'm sorry, but you're no angel also. So let's, let's talk about some types of pride. Types of pride. Oh, get your Bibles. The first type of pride is self-righteous pride. Self-righteous pride. Self-righteous pride. This, these people have an insensitivity to their own sins. They have an insensitivity to their own sins and to God's requirements. Just write down Luke 18 and 9. Luke 18 and 9 and verse 11. Luke 18 and 9 talks about how some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, they despised other people. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous. I'm righteous. But they, at the same time, they, they despised other people. The publican prayed like that. God, I thank you that I'm not like these other men. That's self-righteous pride. When you, when you can see yourself as being much more than everybody else around you. And these peasants of the Holy Ghost around me. They don't pray. But it's still your brother and sister. Because there was a time when you wasn't where you're at right now. And you were struggling spiritually. And you were going through in relationships. And you were going through with your walk with God. But somebody say, but God. God saw you in that and he pulled you up out of that in his time. Guess what? You're going to have to learn how to pray somebody else through their issues. Pray somebody through their lack of prayer. How come, how come, how come it is that in the church when, 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 when people don't have the same type of or level of relationship that people who are in a higher relationship look down on those that have a lower level of relationship instead of those that are strong bearing the infirmities of the weak and saying, baby, let me pray with you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray until, I'm going to, I'm going to become a personal intercessor until I see you catch on fire with the things of God. God be coming through and you sitting here looking like this. I, I don't take offense to that. I look at that and say there's something going on. And, and if God let me see it, then that means I have to pray for it. If my eyes and my heart and my spirit zero in on someone who's struggling in the spirit, who's struggling to do the will of God, we're on a fast, but you outside eating a burger before you came into church, I'm not going to come in here and blast you in front of the church. I'm going to pray because obviously there's an issue in your flesh that you haven't yet come to grips with. So instead of me blasting you, I'm going to hold you up in the spirit. I'm going to pray, Lord, as we go up, take her up with us. God, give her a mind. Give him a mind to do the will of God. See, it's not until you get a burden for people that don't have what you have until you can pray them up to your level that you can say that God's really called you to do a work. My God, I'm getting worked up. All right. Second type of pride is self-sufficiency pride. Self-sufficiency pride. Self-sufficiency pride. People who operate in this kind of pride, they operate in immaturity, independence, and worry. Self-sufficiency pride. Say self-sufficient. People who, who feel like I have needed nothing. I have needed nothing. I'm good. I have it all. It's like, the Lord told me to be a blessing. You know, baby, keep that for yourself. Now they know they need the money. 
But it's a, it's, a, it's a sense of pride, a self, self-sufficient. I'll make it. I'll make it without your $5. Five, what is $5 going to get me? Self-sufficiency. That's arrogance. They operate in what? Immaturity. Independence. Independence is not of God. Okay, y'all are, yeah, look, look. God made you to be workers one of another. You are now in a body. You're not independent on your own. I got my own Holy Ghost. I got my own. Yeah, work out your own salvation, but he put you in the body to work it. All right, y'all don't like that. Okay. uh, Just just write down 1 Corinthians 12, 21. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. And it talks about how the eye can't say to to the hand, I have no need of you. If God put you in the body, if God sent you to this church to be a part of this local body, then guess what? There is a place for you here. There is something that your hands must do. You can't sit around and do nothing and call yourself a part of the body. I, you know, I'm, I'm fine. The Lord has me on another assignment. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. God got you on another assignment than, than from the house he put you in. Put you in a prayer and warfare house, but God got you on a hospitality assignment. You off. It's off. God put you in a, in a faith house, but you on, a, you on assignment to, to do good deeds. You off. You, God sent you to the house. That's like saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I can't use that one. I was going to say something else. No, I'm not going to use that one. That's like, you're, I can't say that either. I got a sense of myself because, you know, I'll be saying, you know, it's, it's like, I, I got to be real delicate here. But no, no, it ain't the Holy Ghost. It's me right now. <laughs> oh, okay, no, no, yeah, yeah. You give me the words. The Holy Spirit, let me know. Help me. Glory, all right. When the assignment is off, I'm, I'm, I got to say it the right way because I, I was going to say something really out there and y'all would look at me like, what? Um, you, can't, you can't have assignment, right, and say God called me to do this, but it's not your calling. That's like, okay, I'll go out on a little edge. That's like the head of Black Lives Matter being a white person. They don't even understand the plight. They don't get it. They don't have it. So how can you run this whole operation and say this is your assignment? You might aid in the assignment. When God calls you to a house and he, and, and he plants you somewhere, then the assignments he gives you is going to be akin to the house he puts you in. This is a warfare, a prayer, a praise house, a word house. So the assignments that God gives you is going to be word. It's going to be something that has to do with warfare. It's going to be something that has to do with prayer. It's going to be something that has to do with the body, bringing people together. Because that's, that, that is the calling of this house. And I think sometimes people who are self-sufficient, they get this independent spirit that God is calling them to do something different than the assignment that God has given us. So, so we say the assignment on this house right now is souls. But you say the assignment on this uh, that God's given me is prayer. Now, you can pray for souls, but the primary, the primary goal of what God gave to the head right now is souls. I think that a lot of people get in trouble because they have things inside of them that God is trying to sort out. 
God is trying to work some stuff out of you and work some priorities around in you. And a lot of times when stuff is being shuffled, there's a whole lot of activity going on. And what we do is we pick something out of it like, this is what the Lord says to do right now. But it's almost like grabbing something out of the dark. So the question is, anytime you get a personal assignment outside of the assignment of the house, you got to ask yourself, where did this assignment come from? Because the enemy sometimes can have you running around on a wild goose chase and call it assignment. And the pride that we deal with is because we always say, God said, God said, stop saying that. Just say, I feel led that this is what I'm supposed to do right now. Because if you say God said and you are off nine and a half times out of ten, I'm not going to believe that one that half a time when God really says something to you and it could be for me. Does that make sense? I've learned down through the years before I even say anything that God said, when I, was, when I was just a member of the church, a minister in the church, an elder in the church, and I was under, and I was under pastor, when God, I felt God was giving me something, I brought it to him and said, look, this is what I feel God is saying to me right now. Now let me know if I'm off. And sometimes I was off. Many times I was off. Because you want to know why? I had to be trained on how to get my will in conjunction with God's will and put all of that under the house that I was in and put that under the leadership that I was in and wait in line until God released me to do something. Pride, pride, and, and I'm saying on this independence thing because the body of Christ has fallen into this era that I hear God for myself. And yes, you can hear God for yourself, but guess what? If you hear God alone and don't get it checked, then God would have called you to be a pastor. To lead folk. To, oh, Lord. Why people don't like that? Why people don't like that? Because the funny thing is, people say, well, well who do you report to? I have, I have leaders that I report to. And, I have, and before I bring something to y'all, I got to check it by God. That's why I'm not preaching on war today. Let's watch, watch. What God will do is he'll test you in the small things. I used to, I used to, and, and for real, I had people in ministry with me back in the days that would just always, if the leader said, we're going this way, we believe in God for a bus, they're praying for our next church building. That's, you see, you, well, I, I just feel like that's, that's not what God wants us to do for this season. That's a contrary spirit. It's a contrary spirit. And, and if you had the vision for where we were going, you wouldn't just be a deacon right now. You would, if, I'm so, if God ordained for you to have all of the know-how for where he's taking his people, you would be a, at least a Joshua by now. At least, somebody say, at least a Joshua. All right, let's, let's get up that one because I know some of y'all are. There's also self-worth pride. Self-worth pride. These people have, it, have, it, have, have this insensibility uh, insensitivity, excuse me, to their dependence on God's provisions. So self-worth pride. These people operate in greed, in deceit, in prayerlessness, in bigotry, boasting, vanity. Y'all get it? Okay, we see this clearly in Deuteronomy 8 and 17. Deuteronomy 8 17. Deuteronomy 8.17. Listen, listen to what this looks like. And, and look at what this looks like. Deuteronomy 8.17. It says, Then you said in your heart, My power and the might of my hand 
has given me this victory. My power and the might of my hand. The people who always say, I had to work hard to get here. Y'all don't like that. I worked hard to get to this place. What, you know what they're saying? Because I did this, nobody can tell me anything about where I'm at right now. Because look, my, he says, don't say in your heart now that your power and the might of your hand have gotten you this wealth. I worked double overtime to get this house. Look at it. It's a show place, isn't it? You know what you're doing? You're glorifying something that you believe that you got. And the truth is, you didn't get it. God opened the door. Oh, there's like three amens. It's okay. Because most of us believe that all the stuff we got, that we did this. You ain't that smart. Neither am I. I'm not that smart for all of this to be, look at what God is, the doc, look at what God did. Look at what God, but you know, you know what they're really saying, look at what I did. You're not that smart. Come on now. You, I said you're not that, I'm not that smart. And I would be crazy to believe that all of, all of my wits and, and, and all of my knowledge and all the stuff I got in between my head worked everything out of my life. My power didn't get this. Y'all quiet. My wisdom didn't get this. It was the mercy and the grace of God. It was the favor. Whew. You're working where you're working because the favor of God came upon you. God touched a heart to let somebody hire you. You still there because the favor of God's on you. You done messed up. You done messed up the books. You done messed up stuff. You done messed up all. <laughs> help me here. You done messed up all of that stuff. You done mislabeled stuff. And they still got you there because the favor of God is on you. Ain't because you went to school and got five degrees. Your degrees don't mean nothing. Y'all are okay. All right. All right. All right. Whew. Then, that, then, okay, next one. Self-exaltation pride. We're, gonna, we, we, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Y'all give me 10 more minutes. I promise. I'll be out of here. Self-exaltation pride. Because I want y'all to see all different kind of pride. Because people say, I, I, I'm not proud. I'm not proud. But there's so, many form, there's so many levels of pride. so many forms of pride. That, you, that all of us are somewhere in here. I said all of us are somewhere in here. Some of us in multiple places. But that'll be just a whole other day. Self-exaltation pride. These people have an insensitivity to their smallness and to God's bigness. If bigness is a word. Huh? What's the word? Massiveness? Yeah, we'll use that. Massiveness? Okay, thank you. Insensitivity to their smallness and to how massive God is. Is that better? So I can say it the right way because y'all be looking at, mm, this ain't saying right for my taste. You got pride! I'm playing, no, I'm playing. I'm joking. I'm playing. 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 Somebody, I ain't come back to that church because he just called everybody proud because they said that he, if I said the wrong word, I'm sorry. Yeah. I got a lot of teachers in here. I, I got to be careful now. God's adding teachers to the house. I'm, they be looking at me like, they're going to put up cue cards. <laughs> the, the correct form of the sentence is the verb, noun. <laughs> they're going to get me. I know. I know. I, I'm going to get it right. Sometimes you say stuff, and after you say it, you be like, wait a minute, was that right? That's what happened. I said bigness. I was like, wait a minute, that ain't right. That's not right. Okay. How big he is. Okay. Self-exaltation. All right, now watch this. These, the people who have self-exaltation pride operate in lust, laziness, 
lying, and unfaithfulness. I'll say it again. They operate in lust, laziness, lying, and unfaithfulness. I hope you'll get something out of this. Just write down Isaiah 14, Isaiah 14, verses 13 and 14. For you said in your heart, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be like the most high. Self-exaltation. People who are, who are like that, these people have an issue with wanting things they can't have. Lying about who they really are. They, they always tell people that there's something that they're really not. They know the truth, but they don't tell nobody else that because the self-exaltation wants to get people to almost praise who they've said they are. This is why the Bible said a tree is known by the fruit it You better you, say what you want about who you think you are, but I'm checking for the fruit. I want to see, do, do you have the fruit of the Spirit coming from your life? Where is your love? Where's your joy? Where's your long-suffering? Where, where do you, see, I gave up. I just couldn't take no more. Well, you need to check. You have to do a fruit check. There's something in you that can't endure. You can't, you can't handle pressure for long periods of time. You can't endure hardness as a good soldier. Then there's something in your life that has to go down in your foundation and be checked out. Any person who gives up and you've only been in a fight for six months. Come on, you, got, you need some more endurance. You got to get back in the word. You're going to have to, come on, you're you going to have to get some iron in you. You got to get some word in you. You want, your mind has to be transformed. The reason is because most people, God, most people can't hear God and, and really hear the voice of God because they really don't have no connection with the word. Who, okay, let me, let, me find this, let me find this verse. Lord, uh, there was something I was, I was reading. In, uh, oh, man. Go to, um, just write down John 8. I'm going to do a whole teaching on this, on John chapter 8. Because this thing right here, oh, Lord Jesus. John chapter 8. Because this, you know, some of us, there was, there was one, uh, just one thing that, 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 that Jesus said in John chapter 8. Let me find it right quick. Lord, help me. I didn't plan on even dealing with this. This one verse. Because Jesus says something. And I was like, what? have you ever just been reading and it just hits you? Oh man, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's, he, he's, really, he's really pouncing on them. I, I'm going to preach this and I'm going to go verse by verse because this is really like, this is like 59 verses of just Jesus was just roasting these guys. I mean, every verse, he is like just slapping them all around with their own words. I mean, he's really like just like pop, 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 pop. So much so they wanted to kill him. Jesus like, psych, bye. I mean, you, you, you really got to have something, you got to have something on you when you're taking people's words and you giving them the truth with their own words, then they want to kill you. And Jesus was like, no, nah, my time ain't come yet, but bye. And walked out. I was like, oh, snap. Like, if you really get into the Bible, I'm telling you, this thing will bless you. Like, All right. Where's this thing? At? Oh, man. Oh, I'm trying to find this one verse. Mm-mm-mm. All right, here it goes, here it goes. Uh, man, it's not it. Okay. I can't find. I'll just I'll, I'll save it for, for next week. Mm -mm -mm. All right, I'll save it for next week. I don't have time to really get into that because I. But there was so, Jesus was saying basically in, that, in essence he was saying like he was saying um, 
if you, the reason why you couldn't hear, hear me is because you couldn't, you, you didn't take in my word. The problem with most people is that we can't really understand God because we really don't know his word. It's hard to connect with, with God. Is verse, verse number what? 43? Let me see. Let me see if, let me see if that's it. Say it again. Now, that's it. Now watch. Jesus is saying to them, he's saying, look, you can't understand what I'm speaking to you because you have a hard time with my word. It's, you know, people come to church and they be lost, not because somebody's preaching over their head, but because you don't have a regular daily relationship with the word. Can I go further than that? You don't even want to hear preaching and teaching if you don't have a relationship with the word. Because you're going to take offense to everything that's said to you because the word, Jesus said it like this, the word is life. So what happens now, this is what most people don't understand about even seeing the blessing of God come in their life. Lord, I feel something coming on me. When the word, how many of you have needs that you need something to happen for you? In their life, right? Watch this. Remember Jesus said, if you um, have faith the size of mustard seed, you can speak to a mountain and cause it to be removed. Well, the issue is, we, you can't speak to any mountain with your words. You have to speak the word of God to stuff that's bigger than you. But this is the issue. Most people don't meditate or put the word in them Ponder it, keep it in them, speak it, put it in them, ponder it. That's meditation of the word. Most people don't do that. So what happens is we keep begging God to do stuff that he's already done. He said you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come, blessed when you go. That means anything I need is already done. What we don't do is we don't keep the word of God in our mouth long enough as the ammunition to speak into existence, if the power of life and death is in your tongue, you can't just speak positive confessions to stuff that hasn't manifested yet. Today I am loved, I am free, I am everything. Get that Ayala Van Zandt out your mouth. You need to come on here and speak the word of God. Come on, talk to me, church. Come on, that's all cute and everything. But let me tell you something. When I leave a mountain to move, I ain't talking no positive affirmations. I'm talking the word said that before one jot or tittle of this passed away, heaven and earth. Y'all talking to me today. Somebody say, I need the word. See, this is why word churches like this are fought because people want to hear something that's going to make them dance. Hey, hey, come on, come on, hey, come on. No, sit your behind down until you get the word in you because after God gives you what you're believing for because you got the word in your belly and you speak it out, you're really going to dance in a couple of weeks. You're going to talk here to me. You're going to dance when you produce from your own speech life. So tired of people dancing and don't got no victory. Come on here. You, somebody said the word brings victory. If you want victory in your life, stop complaining to God. Stop crying in prayer and get find the, what the word says about your issue. Find that book. Find what it says. 
Get every verse you can. Write them down on index cards. Speak them out your mouth. Don't do it out of rope. Okay, today I got to do this for the next 45 minutes. No, but get it in your spirit. Get it inside of you. So every time you feel like it ain't happening, you speak that word up out your mouth. You stop complaining about it. God don't want you crying about something that he gave you power to fix and finish. Somebody say, I got the power to fix this thing. Touch somebody say, you got the power to finish it. We're coming up on the end of a year. Some of y'all need to be already claiming and speaking your new year into existence. You got to stop making New Year's resolutions and start speaking the word over your next week. Speak the word over the rest of your today. Speak the word over your tomorrow. Speak the word over your children. Speak the word over your job. And guess what? The word will not return back to him. Boy, you're going to talk to me. But it shall accomplish. Hayabashanda. I said the word is an accomplisher. Yeah. There's some things you can't do on your own. But when you put the word on it, he was wounded for my transgressions. I got pain in my body. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. Now, sickness, you got to come out this body. Because the word said you were defeated over 2,000 years ago. Now, sickness be gone. Come up out of this body and watch the miracle. See, that's, that's when the church becomes powerful. We can march for eight years and don't see no corruption end. We can be out in the snow. Talking about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> or we can take our position praying from the throne. Let us come boldly. Y'all gonna talk here to me. See, you can accomplish a lot more praying the word than you can do complaining about your present situation. And sometimes I believe God allows things to get so crazy so that you have no other choice but to turn to the word. That's why when people be like acting crazy and they go to this church, I ain't running after you. I'm praying the word on you. Because I'm going to pray until everything in your life gets so crazy, you don't have no other door to go through but the word. You have nothing else to do but to say, God, I can't do another thing without you. Because you don't have nowhere else to go. Your left is over. Your right is over. The behind you is over. Your money is over. The relationship's over. All you got is God left. And when you get there, guess what you're choosing? Sometimes, now, hear me. You got money issues? Stop praying. Lord, I just want to say, Lord, Lord, no. First of all, stop robbing God. You get paid $100, $10 of that belongs to God. It's tithe. That, that's just a rebuking of the devourer. So stuff stops breaking down on you. That's not no man-made scheme to get your money. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. I don't believe in tithing. It's not part of the Old Testament. New Testament. Let me tell you something. The, all of it is a testament. The Old Testament, New Testament. It's all testament. It's his word. He didn't say, listen, um, uh, I'm going to bless you, but I'll only bless you from the New Testament. God ain't going to bless you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jesus said about tithing, the man said, I give a, I give a tithe of all my, he said, you, you, that, that you should have been doing. In the New Testament, he said that. Okay. Anyway, so stop robbing God. When you, when you get that check from the top, 
10% goes to God. Lord, I'm putting this in the envelope. I don't even touch that book. When that stuff coming to my bank account and it comes direct deposit, I don't even, I don't make no plans until I do that. That is just a rebuking of the devourer. So stuff stops breaking down on you. Come on here. Stop getting tickets all over, the, all over town. Come on here. All that kind of crazy foolishness. That rebukes the devourer. Then the offering is your seed. So this is, where, this is where it comes and where he says, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. That's not the tithe. The tithe protects. The offering brings the increase. That makes sense for all, some, even some of our newer people, we're going we're gonna to teach you more. The, say the offering brings the increase. Those are the seeds that if you sow sparingly, you reap back sparingly. Guess what? When I need God to work a miracle for me, my offering is almost just as much as my tithe, if not more. Because you want to know why? I need miracle money to hit me. So I'm sowing a seed that I'm, I must reap from. All right, we'll say that for financial army. Come on. Stop, stop crying about your money. Sow seed. Stop robbing God. And then find every scripture you can about financial increase and spend your energy instead of praying about how bad your money is spend that energy getting in faith saying God my money's turning around because your word says and pray that word out speak it out of your mouth you what, what happens is you start dealing with walls and mountains have children that, that are not in God, get the word on it. The seed of the righteous are blessed. They won't train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they won't depart from it. Just pray that over your child. You want to see, you want to see your life go to another place? Start praying. Lord, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. You're going to add everything unto me. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to find the word. Say, I have to find the word on my issue, and I'll see results. All right. All right, next one. I'll give you one more and then we'll, we'll, we'll close. And then we'll finish it up on Tuesday. Stubborn pride. Woo! <clears throat> Stubborn pride. These are the people that are insensitive to truth and their need to change. They're, in, they're insensitive to truth and their need to change. Isn't it something that people who are stubborn always want everybody else to change, but they want to stay the same? Ooh. They operate in insecurity, ignorance, and anger. Stubborn pride. People who are insensitive to truth and their need to change. They operate in insecurity, ignorance, and anger. Write down Revelations 3.17. Just write that down. Revelations 3.17. Let me read it to you. It says, you say, I'm rich. I become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. Lord Jesus. And do not know that you are wretched. Whew. You can stop right there. I ain't got nothing. I'm good. I got it all together. I'm, I'm, God is blessing me. He said, but you don't even realize you're wretched. And miserable. <laughs> and poor. And That's a whole lot of ands. And blind and naked. Now, hold up for a second. <laughs> Got all of issues, but you're telling everybody, I'm okay. Stubborn pride is the type of pride 
that people say they're okay, but everybody can see something wrong with them. I'm fine. The Lord be my helper. I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. But truthfully, guess what you are? You're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. Blind. <laughs> and you ain't got no clothes on. Go to Psalm 25 and 9. Write it down. I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this. Psalm 25 and 9. <laughs> stubborn pride. Stubborn pride. Some, some of us really, really need to take a look at these areas of pride because a lot of us can see ourselves in a lot of these areas. Stubborn pride. Insensitive to truth. You don't want to hear truth. You don't want to hear nobody tell you truth about you. But you want to be a truth teller about everybody else. Psalm 25, 9 says, the humble, he guides in justice. And the humble, the word meek is humble also, he teaches his way. People who are stubborn and they have stubborn pride, God can never teach them his way. So you know what happens? A person like that is always running into brick walls. They're always running into something, and they're calling it, oh, it's just, it's just crazy how things happen. No, 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 no. It's not just, it's not just crazy because something happened. This, is, this has everything to do with you being stubborn. Because guess what? God is always trying to show you something. Believe it or not, he's always trying to teach you something. How many of you, after you've come out of something, have ever been like, Oh, that's what, it, that's what he was trying to, that's what God was trying to do. Oh, okay, I, I get it now. But guess what? You're on your way right back into that same thing. Because you learned a lesson too late. There's some stuff, I, when I'm coming out, I'm like, Because oh. you know what I realized? He's going to take me back into it again. It's not enough to learn it after you come out. It's not enough to catch it. Afterwards, okay, God, I got that for the next time. No, the next time is right upon you. So everybody thinking that you, oh, I aced that one. No, you're going right back into that. It's going to be different circumstances, but it's going to be the same type of thing because God does not want you to be ignorant concerning your destiny. And let, now, now let, let me say this. For those of you that God is going to have you to teach others, on what not to do. You're going to keep going through the same thing over and over again because he's going to make sure that in your life you got all the kinks worked out. In order for you to teach somebody else about what not to do in something, they need to see flawlessness in you. You can't tell somebody, you know what, you shouldn't be smoking. They smell weed all over your breath. You're quiet. Come on. Come on, walls. Come on, holiday wreath. Come on, Holiday Reef, talk to me. You know, you just need to live a holy lifestyle, and God just wants to deliver you from all of the sexual activity. And meanwhile, your phone is blowing up with all kind of ungodly messages. Y'all gonna talk to me. You cannot be a teacher in anything you have not overcome. You will become a hypocrite. You become the castaway. Because you tell people, I know it looks, I know it's bad, but guess what? I'm, God still has me here as an authority. 
a fluke. God, and I'm not saying, you know, people are like, oh, you know, and nobody's perfect. People pull that up when, they, when they're in sin. When nobody's perfect, nobody, let me tell you something. He will keep you from your own hour of temptation when your heart is to do his will. I don't care what nobody says. When you are looking to get into sin, guess what finds you? Y'all quiet. I feel like hoeing this weekend. Guess what you're going to do this weekend? Guess where you're going this weekend? You're going to find, a, you're going to find somebody to lay with. Y'all going to come on here. Come on. Come on, Shirley Murdoch. We should have counted up the cost. Come on here. Y'all don't like me. Y'all, okay, forget it. Forget it. Y'all like me. Y'all like me. Y'all don't like me today. When you want to get into something, guess what finds you? The enemy is waiting for you to take down your restraints. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that. He's waiting for you. Y'all don't like me. Y'all ain't like. He's waiting for you to let down your restraints. You've been living holy for eight months. Now, all of a sudden, some pop up on your computer. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Now, here you are. Every porn site is on your computer. Y'all don't like this kind of teaching. Y'all like this kind of stuff. I done been there. And let me help y'all. It's not all the men either. Come on, sisters in here. I know y'all don't act like, I know y'all act like, yeah, get him, Bishop. Get him. You got some kind of porn stuff on your computer right now. Get him, Bishop. Get him, Bishop. Get the men. Get the men. You're the main one. You're the chief. Get him, Bishop. No, we're going to get you. See, I'm all for dealing with all of the sensitive stuff. God's called me to deal with sensitive matters and bring it right out in the open. Poof. I, don't, I, I, do, not, I do not play around with sensitive issues. We're going to talk about it. If you're hoeing in your home, we're going to deal with it. Let's get you delivered from it. You're smoking weed, getting high on, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They're coming here Sunday, putting Visine in your eyes in the car. We're going to pray for you. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop coming. This is a place for you. But you got to realize that that's not God's will for you. Don't, don't fall into that trap. Oh, I got to wait till I get right because you know Bishop will call it out. It gets called out so you can be, there has to be a condemnation about it. Something has to convict you. So you got, see, if I stood up here and said, 20, 2018, we're going into the promised land. And you'll be like, but you can't go into a promised land and be unholy. So the word has to come to challenge what you say is okay. What you say you can get away with. God said, no, 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 you can't get away with that. I'm watching you in the dark. I'm watching you. Come on here. There's some stuff that God looks at and says, don't do that no more. And you can't, you can't. Try to throw the grace of God on it. I'm going to do a whole series on this hyper grace thing. All right, just turn there. Where's that scripture? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul talking about it. Find out. Somebody find out and let me know. So I'm going to show y'all something right quick. Bust this grace thing up. Once and for all, on today. Go there. Second Corinthians 12. Come on. 